What's up, everybody? This is Stick to Football, Bleacher Report's college football and NFL draft podcast. I am your host, Matt Miller, joined on a beautiful Monday morning. It's mock draft time. We got Mello. Say hi, Mello. Hi. And we got Connor. Say hi, Connor. What's up, boys? How we doing? Doing well. Today's show, I have this morning a mock draft. A three-round mock draft comes out on Bleacher Report. So instead of us doing a mock draft, you guys are going to mock the mock. And I am ready. <laughs> the Let's the beer is open. I'm just going to sit back and let you guys take over the show. <laughs> but first, got to pour a little of this out for our guy Gronk, who is retiring, officially announced it Saturday night. And I will, I've been poking the bear a little bit on this show, and I'm just going to continue to do it. Not the greatest tight end ever. Um, so I 100% agree with you if that's oh. where we want to go first. He is, yeah. I, he's definitely not. It, there was a guy in Kansas City by the name of Tony Gonzalez, and he will forever be the best tight end for as long as we can talk about tight ends for me. Oof, man. I think he's the most dominant tight end. So of I all agree time. with that. Yeah. And I think I and I will be I will admit that I'm guilty of saying that he's the greatest in a tweet, but I really meant in terms of like how dominant he was in the I don't want to say short stretch that he played, but it does feel kind of short. Yeah. Retiring. Well, at he hasn't 29. been healthy since 2011. I think he, it, exactly. Yeah. He created uh, more matchup problems than any player we've ever th- seen. Maybe outside of Randy perfectly Moss. said. Yeah. Uh, yes. So I think that is where you talk about Gronk because he is a matchup nightmare. He's six foot eight. He ran like a wide receiver. No one could guard him. Is he the best tight end ever? I don't know, but he was definitely the worst matchup problem for the Jets, the Dolphins, and the Bills for the last nine years. Does this surprise you guys if I tell you that he only played a 16-game season once? Not at all. Did they? But did they sit him sometimes because they already clinched? They might have. In 2015, he only played 15 games, so there was a potential there that he sat. Okay, but so one or two. Other than that, he, uh, you know, like 13 games in 2018, 14 in 2017, 8 in 2016. Like, he's he was hurt a lot. I, I would say, uh, maybe this is a good six football Friday. We can rank the tight ends. I would say Tony Gonzalez and Antonio Gates. And yeah, I'll stop there. I think those are the two best that I've seen in, in terms of consistency, longevity, impact, traits. Like you said, Melo, I think that's beautifully put. Gronk was the most dominant when he was on the field. The off the field, like not being on the field is is what hurts him. The off the field is hilarious. He, he's one of those guys that you love, Matt, who's kind of made himself on marketability. Yeah, like Deion Sanders, you claim is not the greatest tight er, corner of all time. I don't think Gronk is the best tight end of all time, but man, he is fun to watch. There, if there's a camera around, he makes love to the camera, and he's just always been in front of it. So he's kind of created this persona for himself that's probably going to tie in pretty nicely now that he is retired because there have got to be just television shows beating down his door to get this guy on TV. Yeah, and yeah. I, th- I think, guys, the Patriots pick at 32 they have two picks in the second round. They have, I believe, two picks in the third. They have 12 picks total in the draft. Knowing how the Patriots' offense works, tight end is more important than any position other than wide receiver with Julian Edelman and the option routes that he runs. I think they are a favorite if Noah Fant falls to 32, and good Lord, he should not. TJ Hawkinson should be gone in the top 10. Noah Fant should be gone in the top 15 or 16. Irv Smith, I don't like as much as I thought I would. Same. I, wow, it's funny right? you said that. I was I've been thinking that this weekend, not to completely interject on where you're going here, Matt, but I just want to say 
I I had him in my top 30 during a lot of the year, and he's more top 60 to me now. Yeah, I told Melo that the other day uh, with Draft 400. Uh, he was one of my players that that I had to write the final report on. And so I'm like going through all my notes. And I'm looking at Combine and, and looking at a couple more games. I'm like, God, what? Where do I play this guy if I draft him? You know, he's he's an H back and he's not very athletic. So he's not very tall either. He's not one of these like lengthy tight ends like Noah right. Fan or even TJ Hawkinson. Yeah. So I actually would look at a guy like Dawson Knox out of Ole Miss, who oddly enough never caught a touchdown in college, but I think a lot of that was was system and scheme. I really like him as a second round tight end. I am a big fan of his, too. I'm kind of coming around on him. And who cares about college production? I'm sure that a lot of his targets went to guys like DK Metcalf in the red zone or right. A.J. Brown or even Demarcus Lodge. They had three very good ty- or receivers that are going to get drafted this year. So Dawson Knox, though, he's a guy a lot like Gronk who can just hit up the seam uh, for days. Yeah, I think this is a—it's crazy. Gronk retires, and— we could still find a glass half full approach here for New England. This is an awesome tight end class. I mean, yep. they can double dip here with all the ammo they have. They can go get a seam guy like Noah Fant or Irv Smith, and they can go get an inline guy that can block. And I don't know if I don't think that'll be TJ Hawkinson. I think he'll go too early. But there are so many good guys that can block and play in line. Like, of course, you guys talked about Knox, Drew Sample from Washington. I mean, there's a lot of guys in this class. Of course, Caden Smith, who's probably a day three guy. But this is a year where if you're a New England fan and you are crying or you're upset that one of the greatest Patriots is retiring now, at least on the bright side, this is a really good year to go find not his replacement, but somebody to supplement that offense in the short area attack. I think that they are probably going to draft a guy like Foster Moreau late in the draft, who everybody knows is a great blocker. And then the Patriots will find out that he's also an elite receiver and he will just take Gronk's <laughs> place course. for the next 12 years. All right, boys, it's time for the mock draft. Uh, I'm going to need another beer before we <laughs> before we get into it too deep. Yeah, I have a too. feeling you're going to rip me apart here, but I'm here for it. So I will introduce the pick. Y'all just have at it. Number one overall, the Arizona Cardinals. I am taking Kyler Murray, quarterback, Oklahoma. Why would they do that? They have Josh <laughs> Rosen. No, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Exactly. This uh, is the dumbest. Mello, go ahead. <laughs> uh, so everybody in the NFL, I think anybody that has even one source knows that Kyler Murray is going first overall to the Arizona Cardinals. The only problem that I would have with this pick is that they better have a plan for Josh Rosen moving forward. They've got to trade one of these guys. I even saw somebody floated out on Twitter. Maybe they do like Josh Rosen. Maybe they plan on trading Kyler Murray. I don't think that's the case, but they need to have a plan for Josh Rosen. You don't want to leave the first round of the draft and not have a trade partner with him, whether it's getting a second-round pick back a first-round pick next year. I don't know what they're going to get in return, but they need to do something with Josh Rosen. As of right now, they haven't done that, so I'm going to give this pick a C for me. Oh, you're grading them. Oh, I didn't know I like that. that. Okay, I like it too. I'm going to keep track of these. So on the flip side of this, if there is one, I think that they maybe are kind of building a new market for Rosen because there might be a loser at the end of this draft, although I think he gets traded before the draft. There might be a loser that's sitting there and saying, hey, we don't have a way to get a quarterback where a couple of weeks ago, the return was supposed to be like around a third round pick for Josh Rosen. I do think Washington gets more than that. I agree. Whether it, whether it's, yep. wa- whether it is, um, wow, I just said Washington, I meant Arizona, but you get where I'm going with this. <laughs> Arizona, I think uh, 
their suitors for Josh Rosen will be Washington. It'll be maybe the Giants get in the mix, maybe a surprise team. I don't think it'll be New England, but you never know. So I, I give this pick an A. I like, I'm excited about Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury, and I do think they'll be able to find some kind of return for Rosen. Connor understands my genius. I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm just being a kiss-ass for the first pick to set you up for <laughs> Thank later you. on. Do you think I'm going to give a good grade to an Oklahoma quarterback? Get the hell out of here. Two years in a row, so get used to it. Number two overall, the San Francisco 49ers, my old favorite team. Maybe my new favorite team if this happens. Edge rusher Nick Bosa, Ohio State, going to the Niners. This is a lot of defensive linemen in the first round. For them over the past five years, doesn't matter. Got to do it. So I've given you a lot of grief about this pick, and it probably should have been DK Metcalf. But Nick Bosa is a great selection here. He can literally do everything. I went back and watched some more film on him. He is exceptional against the run, almost as good against the run as he is the pass. And not many other people in this draft can say that. Even Quinnen Williams, I think, Nick Bosa is more productive against the run. So if the Niners go ahead and take him in the new defense they're running, put him opposite D Ford, who does struggle against the run, I really like this pick for them. It should be a no-brainer. If Nick Bosa is sitting there for any team, I think the Cardinals should take him. He's sitting here at number two, so that's an A for me. Yeah, no-brainer A. Nick Bosa, like Melo said, very underrated against the run, but obviously you can get after the quarterback. The way they set up that D Ford deal, they could actually get out of it after one year. So for the people that are saying, well, they traded and paid their pass rusher of the future, that is not going to stop them from taking Nick Bosa. If he is on the clock at number two overall, that will be San Francisco's pick and a really good one. All right, number three, Connors Jets. And I actually, oh, I have this in here wrong. Because I changed it. Did you guys change it? Did I change it? I okay. wouldn't change it. I actually, this is, uh, I changed it on the fly. So let me update this for you. It's Josh Allen going to the New York Jets. Uh, originally, I had Quinn and Williams, but I backed off that because I started looking at this team, looking at where their needs are, the defense they're kind of going to run. And I thought Josh Allen made more sense. So let me update that for you. Uh, so I agree with this pick because I do feel like the Jets really do need an edge rusher. And when I was watching Nick Bosa, I also watched a little Josh Allen. He's exceptional against the pass. I don't like what he gives you in the run game, but man, he can also drop back in coverage very well. There are a couple times watching Kentucky tape that he drops back and he's making more pass breakups than some of their safeties do. He's exceptional there, and that's what the NFL does. They like to throw the ball. That's what Josh Allen can disrupt. I like this pick a lot. I'm going to give it an A as well. Oh, look at me go. Yeah, I do think he has a lot of good off-the-ball traits in coverage, and I think when you look at Josh Allen, I, I think he's really raw as a pass rusher. The ceiling is through the roof, but I, I know the Jets need an edge so badly, and it's a, it's a whiff that they didn't get one in free agency. It's a whiff that they haven't gotten one in the last couple of drafts, but he's my 19th overall player. I think Quinnen Williams is a superstar. I couldn't pass on him in this situation if they couldn't trade out, so... I would take Quinn and Williams. Sorry, Matt. I'm giving you a C here. It's all right. I got two C's, two A, four A's. I'm I'm fine. This is like high school. <laughs> this is your for grade me. card. Yeah, it really was. That C is in math. Uh, number four, the Oakland Raiders. I think the first surprise of this mock draft. I've uh, Devin White, linebacker from LSU, going here. They need speed in the middle of the field. I know a lot of people would say Quinn and Williams is on the board. What the fuck are you doing? But they have PJ Hall, that Maurice Hurst. They're actually not bad at defensive tackle and the linebacker depth. Like we've talked about in this class, you're not getting one at 24 or 27 who can actually play, especially day one. So I got to go Devin White. 
Well, GD, we agree again. Uh, <laughs> the only problem that I have with this pick is that you can probably move back a little bit. If Why don't do trades? I know. So I'm going to give this one a B, but Devin White is as complete of a linebacker as we've seen in a long time. Uh, comparing him back with guys like Roquan Smith, I like Devin White better. I think he's going to be an exceptional talent. I just don't know about taking him at number four overall. But it's crazy. I've heard that might be his sweet spot. I've heard this is a player that Oakland and Tampa are really interested in. When it comes down to just purely the pick, I can't pass on Quinn and Williams again here for Oakland. I thought P.J. Hall was a gigantic reach last year. We'll see if I look like an idiot or if they look like an idiot. Uh, I, I'm sorry, Matt. You're in my doghouse right now in this class. You got another C here. C's not bad. C's passing. C's get degrees, baby. Exactly. It is. It's just kind of a shrug of the shoulders like, mm, okay. Yeah, right? <laughs> so yeah, it's fine. I'm just getting you guys warmed up for draft coverage where you got to grade every pick. So you're, you're getting in the groove. Number five, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Quinn and Williams, his his drop ends. I didn't like Vita Bay last year, but now that they're running Todd Bowles defense, like they need someone who can play as a three as a five technique or kick inside as a three. Gerald McCoy is getting older. Quinn was a no-brainer for me. Yeah, and he should be a no-brainer. One of the best prospects in this class, I'd have him at number two overall. He falls to five. This shouldn't happen. If teams start to see him slip, other guys got to move up and take him. He is a great talent. He's still very young. I know he's a third-year player, but he's still very young, very unexperienced in this defense. If Tampa can get him, go fix the pick you did last year with Vita Vea, because I did not <laughs> give that one a D. I did not like that pick at all. I like Quinn and Williams here. Yeah, this really opens the door to cut Gerald McCoy. This is a team that really needs to clear some salary cap for their rookie wage scale. And uh, I'm going A++ there here, we go. Matt. You are back. You get bonus points on the test. 100 plus 10. Quinn and Williams, top three player in the draft. Tampa needs him. Love the value. Love the fit. Our producer, Tampa Dan, would be really happy about that one. And I do have Quinn in at number two overall. Number six, the New York Giants. It might take a trade up to do this on draft day, but I got... Dwayne Haskins, I ain't buying those smoke screens. I think he's their guy all along. And I don't like Dwayne Haskins, so I'm going to give this pick a C. I don't like the fit here. Uh, he's a one-year guy that we've seen. I don't know how he's going to do sitting behind Eli for a year or two, whatever. I'm not in love with this quarterback class, so I think anybody that takes a quarterback in the top 10, I'm probably not going to grade it out very high because I don't value them there. I know quarterback is a very important position in the NFL, I'm just not thrilled with any of the ones I've seen so far. Value-wise, I mean, I have Dwayne Haskins, I think, 23rd in this class, but he's a quarterback. They're going to go high, so I I'm still going to put a curve on this one, I think. It's it's an A. The Giants need a quarterback that's not named Eli Manning. Please bring the Jersey boy home, put him in a blue jersey, and finally just get somebody else back there that could actually throw the ball. I know Haskins isn't mobile, but he could still move better than Eli Manning. Yeah, that's very true. Number seven, Jacksonville Jaguars. They got their quarterback in Nick Foles. I went Jawan Taylor. You got to protect him. You also got to open up running lanes for Leonard Fournette. Get this team back to where they were great at, when they had that very short playoff run. It was defense and run game, and they've lost that with so many free agent departures on the offensive line. So with Juwan Taylor, this is a difficult grade for me because I do like the player. It comes down to like positional value and where he's getting drafted at. Number seven overall, I think, is maybe a little bit of a reach. I, but I actually agree with that. He's also the number one tackle in this class for a lot of NFL people. I don't know why Jonah Williams isn't. So I'm going to give this one a B- minus for me just because I like the player. I don't like the position he's being drafted at. I'm kind of with you here. I think when I look at it, I want to give Matt a pass because when he's doing these mock drafts, he's thinking of how the draft will go, not necessarily how his board is stacked. I like Jonah Williams better than Jawan Taylor. I, I like him a lot better than Jawan Taylor. 
Juwan Taylor is a right tackle or maybe a guard. He's probably going to play right tackle at the next level. He's a solid player. I don't see this top 10 player that everybody's been talking about for months. So I think this pick or something like this pick range for Taylor is definitely in play. But at the end of the day, it's a C minus for me. Yeah, I I really liked him when he was like a mid first round guy, like maybe reach a little bit at 15 for him. I liked that pick there. But at seven, I teams either got to trade back or I would just take Jonah Williams here. And um, we've seen that. And like you guys said, a lot of these picks, especially in the top 10 are what I hear, not what I would do. I wouldn't draft Jawan Taylor in the top 10. I would go Jonah Williams. I'm with y'all. Number eight. The Detro- That's why we're being nice to you. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, number eight, the Detroit Lions. Rashawn Gary at edge. I know they signed Trey Flowers, but one thing I have heard a lot about Detroit is that they're not done improving up front. That's like one of their big edicts this year is we got to get better pass rushers. So I think Rashawn Gary, being a, a, a guy who played at Michigan, I think that factors in a little bit. But someone who's versatile on the D-line is, is more what they're looking for. This pick sucks. I hate it. Uh, <laughs> pick number eight overall to oh, the Detroit great. Lions. I do not like Rashawn Gary's production. I would almost even argue I'm not quite there yet. I'm not ready for this hate on Twitter that Chase Winovich is a better player than Rashawn Well, you Gary. just said it. Yeah, so don't come at me. That's not an official statement. It's probably going to be. But I like <laughs> no, Chase Winovich better than Rashawn <laughs> Gary. I think that he was... One of probably the most important player on that defense that also had Devin Bush and some more talented juniors and sophomores. Rashawn Gary yeah, at number I mean, eight. I just I don't see the the fit here as an edge guy. I think he's too heavy. I think he would be better off adding weight and being a three tech than trying to cut weight and be this edge player. I just don't see it. I don't see the burst on film. I know he's a workout warrior at the combine, but I'm not seeing it when I watch him. Yeah, this is a round two developmental pass rusher Whoa. kind of pick that that will go in the top 15. This gets an F. Forget the fuck entirely out of here. No way would I do this. It'll probably, I mean, I could see it happening. I'm scared. I'm scared I'll be on the desk and I'll have to react to that poor fan base that takes Rashawn Gary in please, the top 10. Please do it the way you just did. <laughs> That'd be my first and last uh, night on the desk at Bleacher Report, but it, it would be you get an F for getting the fuck entirely out of here. That's the great. All Con- right, Connor. I almost said damn on on the radio yesterday morning, and I caught myself, and I was so proud. <sighs> Man, it's so hard. They're so different. Like this show, there are really no limits. No. And back in the day, there used to be negative limits, but. <laughs> I mean, it's so hard when you go do other things. Like even Lefko's show, Matt, you stopped yourself from cursing because you felt like the need to check. Yeah, it's we we like to have fun around here. Yeah, y'all need to come observe in my classroom one day, both <laughs> of you, and just watch me because I would die. I have to pause so many times before I speak, and now on the podcast, I don't have to do that. Everywhere else in life, it's it's a different. Story. It's like church. Uh, number nine, the Buffalo Bills. I think you'll both like this. I want Jonah Williams. To me, he's still the best offensive tackle in the draft. I hope my Bills get somebody to protect my guy, Josh Allen. Your Bills? Now well, you I, just I add love, those to the boxes you're carrying? I love the Bills Mafia. Yeah, I agree with you, too. And I really like this pick. Jonah Williams, uh, don't even label him as a tackle. He's the best offensive lineman in this class. So even if Buffalo says, okay, come protect Josh Allen, but you're going to play guard, I still love this pick. If they put him at tackle, I love this pick. Hell, if they put him at center or tight end, I love this pick. (laughs) Jonah Williams is an exceptional guy. His footwork is great. I don't give a shit how long his arms are. They're long enough. He did it in the SEC against elite pass rushers. He's going to be able to do it in the AFC East as well. Yeah, I mean, for the six games that Mitch Morse is inevitably going to miss, I mean, you might need him (laughs) at center here. So 
I love this pick. This is an A. Jonah Williams is a very good football player. Uh, he is technically almost perfect at times. I think a lot of people have gotten caught up with the traits or just the body type. But at the end of the day, this is a impact player for the Bills at a spot that they desperately need one. I just want to cut in real quick. There's two minutes left. We're recording Sunday night. There's two minutes left in the Duke game. One minute left now. It's 74-73 UCF. So oh, Melo's a Duke fan, so I just had to do that. Yeah, Melo is up new tab. Yeah, open new tab. Number 10 overall. Last one before we hit a break, boys. The Denver Broncos, they go they go Drew Locke. We all know it's going to happen. So there we go. And I, I'm i not a Drew Locke hater like I was over the season. I think that if they take him, like a draft and stash type deal, where he can play behind Flacco for a year or maybe even two, I'm going to like this pick. But still at number 10, uh, the third quarterback taken off the board here, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, I'm, I'm going to stick with it as a C. I don't love it, but I don't hate it. Yeah, I originally wanted to crush this pick, but because I'm just I'm not really the biggest Drew Locke fan. But when Melo started talking about this is the right spot for him to fall because he might actually get the time on the bench that he needs, it, it goes up to a C. And I know that's not fantastic, but it's still a passing grade. Uh, fun fact: He's better than any quarterback that John always drafted so far. It's like, amen, brother. I won't even, I won't even make the analogy here, but <laughs> once <laughs> once again, I mean. It just, I don't think this is the answer long term. It feels like another roll of the dice on traits for me, but at least they didn't move up to get him. If they sit here at 10 and take him and really go this long term developmental route, it at least has a chance to work out. Number 11, Cincinnati Bengals. He's thicker than a bowl of oatmeal, mellow Devin Bush. I absolutely love Devin Bush, and I love the fit here in Cincinnati, too. A lot of people were talking about him at the end of the first round. You're not going to be able to do it, especially if Devin White goes top four. Uh, Devin Bush's stock is going to shoot up there. I think the Packers have got to try to get in front of some other teams, maybe get some middle linebacker help. But right here at Cincinnati, A-plus for him. Love Devin Bush, and they need to get athletic at linebacker. An A for me. Great pick. Cincinnati, I have no idea what direction this football franchise is going in. They hired a young coach. I think he'll have a lot of time to hopefully reconstruct the roster the way he wants. This is purely a value pick. I think Devin Bush is a top 15 player in this class at a position in need. He'd bring an attitude to that Cincinnati defense. So this is an A. It's easy. Number 12, the Green Bay Packers. Ed Oliver, I can't believe he falls this far, but I couldn't find a fit for him top 10 based on what I'm hearing. So uh, uh, he and Mike Daniels are kind of the same dude. So this D-line could be crazy. And that's why I'm going to give this pick a B because I don't really like the fit of Ed Oliver to the Packers here. Uh, I do think that he's going to fall to the mid of the first round. I just don't know where he fits in with this defense. They've got a lot of pass rushers that they brought in. Then you mentioned Mike Daniels, maybe the same guy. I like Ed Oliver. I don't like him as a Packer. I'm going to give it a B. All right. I'm giving Green Bay a W because they won the draft with this pick. I love Ed Oliver. I don't think he has any business falling out of the top 10. I don't give a shit about his size, even though that seemed like a another W for him at the combine. Uh, Mike Daniels, yeah, it's interesting because they do, you know, I could see why you think they might not fit together necessarily. He's going to turn 30 this offseason. Ed Oliver is just getting started on something special. I think he's the second best player overall in this draft. And I think for Green Bay, 
This is just the perfect, perfect pick. Connor, we ain't got to worry about you replacing stems on the desk because you're just fucking making upgrades. A plus plus. Yeah, K, K for kicker. K, I'll have to do that in honor That was for great. Sims. Second Somebody, round yeah. kicker gets picked. Sims goes, they don't fucking pay me to grade kickers. Get in a K. <laughs> oh, so good. <laughs> Classic Sims. Number 13, the Miami Dolphins. Montez Sweat, a player that got some top 10 talk. Coming out of a great combine, he's had a fantastic offseason with a good senior bowl. They need a quarterback, obviously. Everything that I'm hearing is that they will wait on that guy, though. So uh, 2020, they're tanking for Tua. I got Sweat going here. And I really like Sweat. I think they do have to address some things on offense. But if that's what they want to do, they want to tank for a year and then go get their quarterback, I don't hate it. A lot of other teams have done it. I like Montez Sweat. And I think if you have somebody like Rashawn Gary going in front of Montez Sweat, you're crazy. I would much rather have him as an edge position who has proven it. And this guy runs a 4-4 in the 40. You know that his production is going to match what he did at the Combine. I would take Sweat if I'm the Detroit Lions. So I'm going to give the A here to the Miami Dolphins, getting him at 13. It's a B-minus for me. I think it's a solid pick. I think Montez Sweat will not be anything close to a bust. I actually think he's a pretty high-floor player. But I don't see the pass rush ceiling to be this double-digit sack kind of guy. So not going to kill the pick, not overly excited about it. I actually would have taken Brian Burns in this spot or Cleveland Farrell, but I still think Sweat's a solid player. And for a Miami team that is clearly in full rebuild mode, it's a fine pick. 14 Atlanta Falcons. This is a reach in my opinion, but again, we're going what I hear, not what I would do. Cody Ford, offensive tackle, Oklahoma. Uh, he's an Oklahoma guy, so the highest grade he can get from me is a B, but I am going to B plus here because the Falcons do need to shore up their offensive line, and Cody Ford is another versatile guy who could probably play guard. He could probably play tackle, whatever you want him. The Falcons got to get something here to help Matt Ryan. Maybe you bring back Julio Jones. Who knows what they're going to do there? You got to keep that offense going, and you better get some protection to do it. Cody Ford's the best guy on the board right now. Yeah, I know they signed James Carpenter in free agency, but trust me, as somebody that <laughs> you know, has seen, I'm, I know. I mean, I'm here in New York and New Jersey. He's been he was solid the first couple of years. I can never take that away from him. I think his best ball is behind him. I love Cody Ford, so I think this is a really, really good pick. And a lot of people won't talk about him as a top 15 guy, but this would be an instant impact addition for Atlanta and somebody with a high floor. Like Melo said, he can play tackle if you need him to on the right side. He will be a really, really good guard in A for me for this pick for Atlanta. All right, 15, the Washington Redskins, and I know you both are going to love this one. Daniel Jones, quarterback Duke. They've backed themselves into a corner, I think. I know they have Case Keenum, but I've also watched Case Keenum play a lot of football, and he's not that good at it. So I, I've heard that they are one of the favorites to get Josh Rosen if he hits the market. So this might not be a concern come draft day, but as of now, they got a big question mark at quarterback. Yeah, and if they take Daniel Jones, they still have a big question mark at quarterback. <laughs> this is an F I saw him enter me. the grade and I lost it. Anyone that takes yeah. Daniel Jones in the first round is getting an F. I don't care if it's the Patriots at 32. He, I don't see the value here for him. I don't see it on tape. I don't get the love. I think this is a guy that's just the fourth best quarterback maybe in this class, so people are putting him in the first round. I don't see it. I don't like the grade. It's nothing personal against him. I'm sure he's a great person. I just don't like the way he plays football. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, introduce the Washington Redskins to the bouncer because they can get the fuck entirely out of here with this pick. <laughs> no way should Daniel Jones go in the first round. I don't think it's crazy. I wouldn't even be shocked if he went top 20. I stand with Mello. Daniel Jones is not any good. Moving on. I'm going to throw a hypothetical to you guys. For a neutral team, so like whatever team, you can be whatever team you want. 
Would you rather have Daniel Jones, Jarrett Stidham, or Tyree Jackson? Jarrett Stidham. Tyree. Okay. That's that's easy one for what me. I figured you would say. 16. I mean, oh, go ahead. Jones finished last in that in that one, if you want me to rank him. Yeah, for me too. He would for me too. I would I would rather <laughs> take one of those other guys, or even even if you have Daniel Jones, sit him for a little while, let him develop, kind of like we were talking about with Drew Locke. And Daniel Jones, I think at 15 here, if he, especially if he goes to the Redskins, they're going to want to play him immediately. Yeah. And I don't know that he's ready for that. He got beat up it's in the ACC. It's not fair to him. It's not fair to him. I mean, like you said, he broke his collarbone this year. I, I just, it's hard for me to get behind that one. I hate that we have to, it feels like we're killing the player, but we're not. We're killing the situation. I don't think, I don't think Daniel Jones was ever around one guy and it's unfair expectations to put that on him. But that's what he's been faced with the last couple months. I actually, I, we'll talk about this for a second. We have time. I liked him a lot. I don't know if you guys remember, like I really liked him toward the end of the college football season mm-hmm. when I thought he was like a 32 overall kind of guy, you know, and like, yeah, and I liked that different. fit for him. Um, now that it's like, could he go top 10? Could he go top 15? Now it scares me a little bit more. But I will say, I think if he were coached by anyone other than David Cutcliffe, we would not be talking about him in the top 15. No, and just Cutcliffe gets that persona of being this quarterback guru because he coached Peyton Manning, who is going to be good regardless. And Eli like, Manning. Yeah, what other quarterback? Um, exactly. We don't know. It's just, it's the Mannings. who <laughs> Somebody will tweet Archie you. Yeah. Manning. They run their own passing academy, which is like the best one in the world. And it's because they're world-class athletes and quarterbacks. And both of them, they're going to go on to be Hall of Famers. I just don't see it with Daniel Jones. All right, moving on. 16, I think you're both going to like this one. Carolina Panthers, they got to get edge help. Brian Burns is there, and he is a bad-ass motherfucker. I really like Brian Burns, and he is not somebody that I liked, uh, honest to God's truth, until we talked to him. Uh, I thought he was undersized. He's not anymore. I think he can come in. His reach is exceptional. His first step off the ball is great, too. So if you want to get after the quarterback and you can get Brian Burns at pick 16 overall, I think that's an exceptional pick here. So I'm giving it an A. Hashtag mellow meal plan. Yep. It works every time. Phenomenal pick. I mean, Brian Burns has everything you want in a pass rusher. He's explosive. He added the weight. That was my, my biggest concern with him all year. He played around 225, 230. Now he's up to 250, and he he tests the same. So... Uh, he's got great, you know, football work ethic, football character. This is amazing value for Carolina. This pick's an A. Number seventeen, the Giants are here. This is the pick they traded Odell Beckham for, which is laughable. I went Cleveland Farrell mostly. Um, again, what I'm hearing, but also the like the history of Dave Gettleman. He will draft a defensive lineman early. It's almost guaranteed. Farrell fits so well with what he looked for when he was with the Carolina Panthers. That four three profile mm-hmm. of a defensive end. Farrell fits that perfectly. And that's why I'm giving this pick an A, because if he can land with a team that does run a 4-3, I love what he can do from that position with his hand in the dirt, getting that good first step. I think he has the best first step in this draft. If you can get Cleland Farrell here at 17, if the Giants don't take him, I think we could see him fall. But I still love the pick, especially for that fit on the Giants. Great landing spot for just a great football player. Good run defender, great length. We've seen him use the rip and swim uh, Mello said it. Good first step, winning pedigree. Cleveland Farrell has it all. In, in the middle of the first round, you're just getting a, a day one starter that's probably going to make a couple Pro Bowls, co- probably have a couple eight to ten sack kind of seasons. 
I, I really like the player and I really like the fit here. That's an A. Alrighty, looking good. There we go. Minnesota Vikings. I went offensive tackle. Andre Dillard. They need O line help in the worst way. Cody Ford's off the board. Uh, I think it would have been a reach to go for someone like Garrett Bradbury at center. Um, not much of a reach, but a little bit of a reach. So I went offensive tackle. Dillard is super, super smooth and pass pro. Cannot run block. So he is a little bit more of a developmental guy. Yeah, and that's why I'm going to give this pick a C. I think we've now reached territory where, oh, we need a lineman. Let's go reach for one. Uh, he, I don't think he's a first-round guy. I don't think he's a top-20 tackle. I think if we picked him maybe later in the first round, I wouldn't grade this one so hard. But right here with Minnesota, I know you need some pass protection, but you also got to free up some rushing lanes for Dalvin Cook and try to keep him healthy, and you can't do it with Andre Dillard. He is a one-dimensional guy. I'm giving it a C. I don't like the fit for him in Minnesota. I don't think they can stash and develop him at guard. I think he's going to be a a tackle, and he's going to get beat a lot in run game uh, from day one. Yeah, this is a B-plus for me. There's no doubt about it. This is a reach, but when you look at Andre Dillard, it's a team that invested a lot of guaranteed dollars into Kirk Cousins, and you got to keep him upright, and Andre Dillard could do that. So I think this is a situation that the Vikings have put themselves in where they've neglected adding good offensive line talent over the years, and they have now a guy back there that needs to be protected at all costs. So I like the pick in terms of the fit. I like the pick in terms of what it brings to the team right away. I just think this is probably 15 spots early for Andre Dillard. I have some concerns about his anchor, but at the end of the day, it's it's a really solid pick. 19, we know we met some Titans fans at Honey Fire Barbecue, which I have not been able to stop thinking about. Oh, I know. I And I made the mistake of following them on Instagram, which is even worse, yeah. because now I think about it, and I dream about it, and that's getting weird. I uh, probably shouldn't talk Should, about I've that. I've never even had it, and I do the same. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. I don't... We got to find a way to get you on some of these spring trips we're going on, because I don't want to say you've missed out, but you've missed out. It's yeah. okay. I could deal with it. Yeah. Go to Mamo. And get that truffle uh, ravioli that I like so much and a bottle of champagne and just rub it in my face. (laughs) You don't have to worry about that. Even out. I will gladly do that. All right, 19, the Titans get TJ Hawkinson. I actually think there's a very good chance that he goes in the top 10. But because I had a run on tackles and then I had a run on quarterbacks, he somehow slips down here and they need him with Delaney Walker getting older. Jonu Smith has had injury concerns. So I think Hawkinson... I actually think he's close to perfect as a tight end prospect. And I agree. I'm going A++ here. You have to do something with Mariota. This is his fifth year. You've got to figure out, are you going to extend him or not? Go give him a good target. I know they tried to with Corey Davis, and it hasn't really worked out. Go get him a guy that can excel underneath. He can go up the seam. He is an all do-it-all tight end. I don't know if he was going to last to pick 19, but here today he does A++ for me. I love Hawkinson and the way he plays. Yep, an A for me. Great player, great value, great fit. Checks the boxes across the board. Uh, I was scared to make this pick in one of our mock drafts, and I actually want to say thank you to the polite Titans fans that all (laughs) added me and said, no, I actually really like this pick. So uh, I love the fit, and this is one where I really hope it happens on draft night because we'll all kind of look at each other and be like, shit, that just made too much sense from the jump. This would be a perfect pick. We've been saying it for four months, and it finally happened. Number 20, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the first corner off the board. Greedy Williams, when you're six foot two and you run as well as he did and you play as well as he has, you're going to go early. I just, For whatever reason, corners and receivers, there's not a lot of love for in this year's class. I, I still think Greedy's the best of the group, or at least has the most potential. And I agree. I think he's going to be a very good corner, and he's got a lot of length, and the Steelers need somebody opposite Joe Hayden. 
I would take Greedy Williams. I would take him a lot higher than 20 if I needed a corner. So the Steelers go get somebody else on that defense that can go help shut down a powerful offense like the Browns that they're going to see you just said that. twice a year. I know it's going to be difficult. And then maybe lock up some guys on the outside and make it difficult for Lamar Jackson to get open and do what he does. So go address the defense. Greedy Williams, one of the best defensive players on the board right now, and you need another corner. So I'm giving it an A. Yeah, the Steelers love these guys, these long corners that can turn and run. I think when you look at Greedy, he has traits that should really adapt to man coverage. I don't know if we've seen it all put together yet, but I like Greedy Williams. I like this fit. The Steelers need a, uh, really have a need here. They got to keep taking swings. So an A- minus for me. I think this is his sweet spot, too. All right, boys, 21, the Seattle Seahawks. They lost Earl Thomas. I'm going to let them stay in town and get Taylor Rapp to patrol that secondary. And I like it. I think he's a guy that can come in and do the best job of replacing Earl Thomas. I don't think he's going to be Earl Thomas, but I also think he's going to be a high-character guy. He can replace that single high safety, and he can also come downhill, and he can make some plays in the running game. He's not just a guy who's going to play deep. He can come up, and he can lay a thump on some runners. Yep, A-plus, top 15 player, great fit, great landing spot. I love Taylor Rapp, and I think this is just one of those picks that makes... It's like the Hawkinson pick all over again. You look at the need, you look at the franchise, and you go, that one just makes way too much sense. So does this one, I think. 22, the Baltimore Ravens, DK Metcalf. Lamar Jackson has like 18 tight ends that he's throws to right now. Really no receivers. So he gets another one. Gets <laughs> another, yeah, right? I, but I think like my big thing is inaccurate quarterbacks need big receivers, guys with a nice catch radius, and that's DK. And I'm just not on the DK Metcalf train. I never have, and I don't see that changing before the draft. I'm going to give this one a B-. minus. I agree with everything you just said. They have to find some targets for Lamar Jackson. They have to be big targets with a huge catch radius, but they also need to find somebody that can stay on the field, and I don't know if DK Metcalf can do that. I would rather see somebody like Noah Fant here. I would rather see A.J. Brown here. I don't want to see Nikhil Harry here because I don't want him paired up with Lamar Jackson. (laughs) So I like the pick of like a receiver, a big guy. I just am not sold on DK Metcalf yet. Yeah, I think there's a reason to have concerns about the health. And that's something where I I know we did the show last week, Matt. And I said, hey, our top 25s, I'm probably going to lock it in. He's still the one guy that I sit there and I just stare at him. And I think he's like 17th or 18th overall for me. And then I go back to my guy, Kelvin Harmon. And I'm just like, I can't let you go. Like, you're my number one. (laughs) (laughs) And I just don't know what to do because Metcalf is like such a volatile prospect, but the traits are awesome. I think we've seen the Ravens really swing on speed guys before, and I think he is somebody that can help Lamar Jackson as long as he's on the field. So I'm going to give it an A, but that is truly like a TBD grade going forward. Number 23, the Houston Texans. I think they need corner help. Byron Murphy, a player all three of us like. Yeah, and I'm going to give it an A because they do need corner help. And Byron Murphy and Greedy Williams are two very good corners. I like both of them. They're very different. I know Byron Murphy gets some hate for his 40 time, but I thought he did a good job of marrying receivers out of the Pac-12 last year. I know he's a Washington guy, so I like this pick here for Houston. They need corner help. They get the number two corner in the draft. Yeah, I look at this pick, and I mean, Byron Murphy is one of my guys in this draft. I do think he's the best corner I think Houston is obviously, you know, they had a tough kind of swing and miss on Kevin Johnson. When you look at him, he's somebody that they thought would come in and make an instant impact. He can't stay on the field. So that time is over as he moves on to, I believe, Buffalo now. 
I think this pick makes sense. I think they need to get a little more feistier in the secondary. And I think when you look at taking Justin Reed last year, he was a really good instant impact player for them. And I think Murphy would be the same thing. So I give this an A. I, I like the fit. And I just I love this player. More importantly, I think you guys are gonna like this pick. I'm on a roll. Number twenty four. I know Oakland. I kind of hate this right, right now. I don't want to give right. you all A's, but just, these are good picks. Just wait, you'll get in there. Don't worry. Number twenty four. The Oakland Raiders. They lost Jared Cook in free agency, so you just go get the better version of him and Noah Fant, tight end out of Iowa. Yeah, I really like Noah Fant. I don't want to see him be a Raider, so I should. Pro- I'm going to change my grade. Uh, <laughs> I'm giving it a B minus because I don't want to see him in Oakland. I'm a Chiefs fan. I don't want to have to deal with that over the middle. He's a complete tight end. Tyron Matthew, you're fine. I know. I still don't want a big six foot five target like that in conference. So B minus. Although if this were literally any other team, I'd give it an A. Yeah, I'm going to give this an A, but this is more of an A for 2020 because after they move on from Derek Carr after 2019, people are like, oh shit, no offense, really good. So uh, I do like this landing spot. I think this is great value. I think Noah Fant is a top 12 player in this class, and I think you get him at 24. He can really change the game with his speed and mismatch ability up the seam. So this is a really good ad for an Oakland team that no doubt will be looking for pass catchers. Number 25, the Philadelphia Eagles, Josh Jacobs, running back, Alabama. And I'm going to give it a B. I think that the Eagles definitely have to address running back. I just don't know if it's Josh Jacobs at 25. I have a lot of concern about the injuries and the time he spent on the field at Alabama. I don't know what it is. I know that Nick Saban has done that in the past. I just still have a lot of questions about Jacobs and whether he can stay healthy enough for 16-game season, so I'm going to give it a B. Yeah, it's a B over here for me as well. I mean, I'm Team David Montgomery. I think Josh Jacobs is a good football player. He's a good pass catcher, obviously a solid runner. The production in that Alabama rotation has just been okay. I think the injuries are definitely a concern for me. So if you're going to take a running back in the first round, you better be damn sure. And if I was Philadelphia, I would like to see David Montgomery here instead. Ooh, there you go. Melo, who's your top running back? Um, Mine's also David Montgomery. I don't know about first round love, but if you could get a guy like David Montgomery in the second round, I don't think there's that much difference between him and Josh Jacobs. I would argue every day that David Montgomery is a better pass catcher. All right. Number 26, the Indianapolis Colts. I tried to channel my inner Chris Ballard here. Jeffrey Simmons, defensive line, Mississippi State. I know he's got the torn ACL. I know there's a video of him when he was a senior in high school breaking up a fight and he punched a woman in the face. It's not a good look. It seems like he has done a great job of redeeming himself from that, moving on from it, maturing. But on talent, I think he's a top five player in the class. On talent alone, this pick would be an A, but there is some off-field that comes with it, and there's a little bit of injury that goes with it, too. So I'm going to give it a B. Uh, in the first round, I don't know if I love Jeffrey Simmons this year uh, because of the injury. I, I want to see how he bounces back off of that. So I am going to give this a B, even though I think he's going to be, you put him here with the Colts, he's going to be a pro bowler for many, many years. But with the injury, I think maybe you could take him in the second round and not have to pin, spend pick 26 on him. Yeah, my one problem with this pick is that this is a team that should be going for it right now. They made the playoffs last year. They're really hitting full throttle on ending that rebuild. And you're not going to have Jeffrey Simmons this year. It's as simple as that. I think he's a top 10 player in this draft. He's a phenomenal prospect. I know teams apparently just aren't concerned about the off field anymore. And that's as much as I could say about that right now. So talent, like Melo said, this is an A. But for me, it's just a B plus because... I would really like to see the Colts add a player that can make an impact in 2019 here. And I should have added the Colts have picked 34. 
So I think that like there's a feeling that you could still get an impact player at 34. And maybe the argument is we'll draft Jeffrey Simmons at 34. I actually don't yeah. think he makes it that far. Or you could get a receiver. I think they pair a receiver and a defensive lineman, whether it's Christian Wilkinson, Wilkins or somebody like but that. But if you could get Jeffrey Simmons here and Nikhil Harry at 34, like you guys are taking your clothes off. You're so excited about this. Draft. I would be. Yeah, please pair Nikhil Harry with Andrew Luck. I would absolutely love that. And then he could play opposite T.Y. Hilton. So uh, maybe just go ahead and do that at pick 26. Yeah, maybe. Oakland Raiders at 27. They're back on the clock. Uh, so, so far we've addressed middle linebacker with Devin White, tight end with Noah Fant. Now I'm going corner Rocky Sin out of Temple. I think like Mike Mayock obviously uh, loves Temple. He's a Philly guy, but also he loves physical, tough football players. And I think Rock is the most physical corner in this class. I definitely agree with you. He's the most physical corner in this class. I just worry about how is he going to be able to guard people at the NFL level where you can't put your hands on people. And that's my only question with Rocky Sin. He's very physical. And we saw it at the senior bowl. He had his hands all over people. But how's he going to transition when he can't do that anymore? When after five yards, you can't touch receivers at all. I, that's my question. So I'm going to give this a pick a C. Yeah, I just think this is bad value. I look at Rocky Sin and there are traits that I like, but he's still an early third round player for me. And he, he plays corner, so he probably deserves to go at the end of the second round. But end of the first round is just too rich for me on a team that I would really like to see knock it out of the park. I would like to see the Oakland Raiders come away with those top four picks in the top 40 and really get a lot of starters and impact talent. And I, I don't think Rockerson is that right now. So this one's a D for me. I, I think there's a really good chance he goes in the first round, but it, I will call it like I see it that night when we cover it live at Bleacher Report. That is a gigantic reach. Oh, man. I like him in the first round a lot. So you and I can arm wrestle or no let's not do that uh, <laughs> we have a dunk contest i mean there's some we'll do. <laughs> I, I nobody like wins some other corners i still am high on deandre baker uh, i know that there are some current concerns with him and maybe work ethic but Ooh, i want to i want to put matt on the spot trayvon mullen or rocky sin i let me pull up my rankings because i i just put grades on everyone so i don't have my rankings memorized i bet they have the same grade let me look uh, and off the of center, now it's a little slow. And uh, yeah, they both have the exact same grade. Okay, I, I get that. I mean, yeah. it's not crazy at all. They're like the opposites. Like Mullen is so athletic and smooth, and you wish he was a little tougher. And Rock is a little, you know, like uh, it's funny. My notes on him: great size, tough motherfucker. Um, <laughs> we'll start in the NFL for ten years. Um, one year starter at Temple, though. That is, so there are concerns for sure. Uh, up next, the LA Chargers. I got AJ Brown, who is my top receiver in this class. Uh, and I know folks are going to think like, well, you have Keenan Allen, you got Mike Williams. Mike Williams hasn't been able to break out yet. And you just lost Tyrell Williams in free agency. So I think receiver is a need. And with no offensive tackles on the board worth drafting, you go down to the, your next biggest area that really has to be addressed. And I like this pick. I'm going to give it an A because I'm a huge fan of A.J. Brown. He even played a little bit in the slot at Ole Miss, so I think that's a role that he could take right here. Uh, Phillip Rivers loves finding guys over the middle. Antonio Gates made a career out of it. I think A.J. Brown can play a similar role early on in, in his career before moving to the outside uh, once Keenan Allen kind of moves on or retires. So I like this pick. They are a team that is in go-for-it mode. And if you want to win, you better get yourself some offensive targets Philip Rivers should be very happy with this pick. Yeah, and maybe Josh Rosen will be too if this is ultimately where he lands. So you look at A.J. Brown, and he's kind of like the forgotten man in this first round because he's a damn good receiver. He makes things happen after the catch. I compared him to Quincy Inunua. I think they have the same body type and same play style. So 
but he's just he stays healthy. So I, I like AJ Brown here. It's an A for me, and I I think this is a team that has really prioritized adding talent at receiver, but that does not mean they should stop where they are. AJ Brown would would make an impact for them right away. Twenty nine hour Kansas City Chiefs mellow, and I want to I just want to talk about this one for a second. I don't have I, like Trayvon Mullen. I would be okay with here. But after signing Bashad Breeland, they have Kendall Fuller. I don't think corner is as pressing of a need for the Chiefs as a lot of people want to imagine. There is not an edge rusher on my board that I would draft. I would not draft Jaikai Polite here. I would not draft Jalen Ferguson. And when the three-round mock draft, go read it. You're going to find how I address the edge for the Chiefs. Uh, what they have to do, though, Mitch Morris is now a Buffalo. And I know they gave Austin Ryder a little bit of money. He's not the answer. I'm going Garrett Bradbury who I think is one of the best centers that I've evaluated in the last five or six years. Like he's up there with Ryan Kelly as one of my favorite centers. He's smooth as butter, gets to the second level exceptionally well. So I'm going a little bit of a surprise, but I'm going Garrett Bradbury to the Chiefs. I think you stole this pick from me when we did our mock drafts. Maybe so. And I like it so much, I'm going to give it an A. For every reason you just said, I don't think there's a cornerback Worthy of this pick. Safety, I don't think, is a pressing need for them. They just brought in Honey Badger. I really like Armani Watts. There's no corner. I wouldn't reach for an edge guy here. So I agree with you. I would take Bradbury. I want to see them take Bradbury at 29. Yep, A for me. This is center number one, and it ain't even close unless you think Jonah Williams is moving there. I mean, he's a lot better than Eric McCoy. He's a lot better than uh, Elton Jenkins. He's just a really, really good football player, and he's been a reliable guy there for NC State. So you look at Kansas City, unfortunately, they were never going to pay Mitch Morris what the Bills did, and I think if you could replace him with probably a better player at that rookie salary rate, this would be a phenomenal landing spot for Bradbury and a great get for the Chiefs. Number 30, the Green Bay Packers at 12. They got Ed Oliver. Here I have them going to Sear Adderley. I think they need help in that single high safety role and someone who could in a pinch, come down and cover some slot receivers. So Adderley, I know uh, opinions seem to be all over the place with him, but mm-hmm. I like his cover skills enough to make him around one player. And I'm going to give it an A for every reason you just said. I think that the questions about him came from the Senior Bowl, uh, where we did not see him match up well in man, and it looked like he was maybe even running a little slow, got beat up a lot. But then we found out he had an ankle sprain. So like, of course he's going to have trouble sticking with some of the best talented receivers in in college football at the Senior Bowl. So I like this pick. I really like Nasir Adderley, especially at the end of the first round right here. I think that's great uh, positional value for him, and he's a very good safety here for Green Bay, who needs they need to do something with this defense, and I really think that's the focus of this whole, whole offseason for them. Getting cover players for Green Bay should definitely be a priority. I would go Chauncey Gardner-Johnson here. I think he's a round one safety and another guy that has a lot of versatility. When you look at Adderley, He's a solid player, but once again, I, I just would have stuck with my board. I would have went with Chauncey, so I give it a B minus. It'd be a solid ad for Green Bay, a team that, like I said, they already got the W. They got Ed Oliver at twelve earlier in this draft, so this is just really uh, just adding to that. But Adderley's okay. It's curious. I wish we could have seen him uh, run a healthy forty time. It seemed like he pulled up there on that forty time. I don't think that four six is accurate. No, I don't either. To his play, mm-hmm. yeah, to his play speed on the field, so. Adderley's interesting to me. I don't know if he's a corner. I don't know if he's a single high safety, but at the end of the day, if you need cover players, he can definitely help. You know, it's odd. He kind of reminds me of Demarius Randall, who they drafted in the first round yeah, while back. And I was yeah. like, hey, is he a corner? Is he a safety? They tried him at corner. Didn't work. He gets sent to Cleveland and excels as a free safety. Yep. So it's like, you got to find your fit with this guy. 31, the Rams. 
They have lost a decent amount through free agency. They also have added quite a bit. I mean, you bring in pass rushers. They got Dante Fowler. They got Clay Matthews. So I went D-line for them. What worked so well was having Indomitian Sue next to Aaron Donald. And although they do have other needs, I thought about going uh, safety here. I thought about going center, but Garrett Bradbury was gone. I'm going to go Christian Wilkins, high character, high effort guy who can come in next to Aaron Donald. They can continue to run that same type of defense and dominate with interior pressure. Yeah, love the pick here. I'm going to give it an A, too. Uh, You said it. You said it all. I agree with everything. Pair him up with Donald. Let him roam and keep him free like they were able to last year with Sue. I think Christian Wilkins can come in and do all of this stuff, and you know he's not going to be a headache off the field. He's going to be a guy that comes in, works his ass off, and learns everything from Aaron Donald, and he's going to be an exceptional pass rusher and solid in the run game. Character-wise, I mean, he's an A++, but for me here at this pick, I think it's a B. I think it's solid. I don't think it's spectacular. I like Christian Wilkins. I really like him in round two in terms of the impact he can make. The Rams are in an interesting spot here because they can go so many different directions. Do they trade this pick for an instant impact player and try to stay in this crazy Super Bowl window that they've built? I don't know, but if you're going to go and stick to your draft board, at least you got somebody that will undoubtedly start as a rookie next year in Christian Wilkins. So a solid B here for me with the Rams. All right, 32 last pick of the draft, boys. The New England Patriots. I did this before Gronk retired, but I would not change this pick uh, if if we were doing it today. Jonathan Abram, Patrick Chung's getting older. I think their secondary is like they play way above their talent level. So get an infusion of talent there with what's left on the board. Like I wasn't going to draft an edge rusher here. Uh, D-line, I thought about D-line a little bit, but I think Abram gives them the most bang for their buck if they keep this pick. And I, I don't know if they will. I have... Con- concerns with Abram and his ability to cover. I think he is a box safety and he sure as hell can hit. We've seen that before. Uh, I kind of like the player. I just, I don't know if I like him at pick 32. So I'm going to give this a B. I would rather take him in the second round, especially since the Patriots have some picks there. Yeah. In terms of attitude, I mean, he's one of the most fun players in this draft, but I I think in terms of fit, I'm once again, just going to go back to the board here. I like Chauncey Gardner better. I might even like Juan Thornhill a little better here, but and Matt, this is this is a question for you. Do you think New England will prioritize a cover guy that is more of a free safety for the future? Or do you think they'll look for an attitude downhill kind of box safety, which would be Abram? What do you what direction do you think this team needs to go in right now? So both, honestly. Uh, yeah. I really do. I mean, you look at their safety play, like Patrick Chung is, is getting you know, quite a bit older. He's 31 to be 32 this, this season. Uh, Devin McCourty, another guy, he's going to be 32 this season. So they, they need both and they don't have a lot of depth there. Um, they haven't drafted particularly well in the secondary, their best player in the secondary, uh, St- Stefan Gilmore, someone they went out and signed in free agency. So I could see this being a priority where again, like it's weird. We talk about this with the chiefs a lot, like, for a good team, they have a lot of needs. I mm-hmm. think the Patriots are the same way. Like just on paper, when you look at at their needs, there are a ton. But they have twelve picks. That's the great thing about being the Patriots is that you do have all these damn picks. So at thirty two, you could get maybe you get a, a strong safety at fifty six. Maybe you get a free at sixty four. Maybe you get a tight end. Like they just have so many picks, and we've seen before. Like they will bounce all over the board. I think this is a year where they knew these things were happening. Like they knew they were going to have a lot of turnover with Trey Flowers being a free agent, and they're going to have to go get 
five to six starting type players out of this class. I wouldn't be surprised if they went Deontay Thompson here just with the Alabama thing they have kind of going on, single high guy. I don't know that I probably would have graded out the same B here, but I do think they might be after more of a coverage guy at safety. But, I mean, the fact that they have, they have six picks in the top 102 selections. You should be able to get That's starters. Incredible. Like, I mean, yeah, when you think about, like, doubt. what's a good draft, you get starters in round one, two, three. They could get six starters. Yep. It's not, it's not fair. I think Draymond they need Jones of I mean, Ohio State could be a fit here for them. I don't know if he's a first-round guy. Jerry Tillery, too. They just love those versatile defensive linemen so much that if, I don't think they'll take a quarterback. That I, I think they'll take defensive line. One of those guys, some here, if Christian Wilkins falls, uh, if they like Dexter Lawrence, there's just a lot of guys here that could go in that first round. Yeah, the Ohio State connection is interesting because Greg Shano's running that, that defense now. So Draymond Jones would be an interesting name to watch for the Patriots. All right, that is Mock Draft Monday. We're wrapping it up. Connor and I will be back Wednesday morning. Connor, I have no idea what we're talking about yet. Do you? No, neither do I. Okay. Uh, we might Good. have a surprise guest for oh, everyone. That's right. That's yeah, right. we might have a surprise guest. Uh, I, I'm sure the news will develop itself over these next couple of days. Every time you and I do the curse of hey we have nothing to talk about for the show in two days then like 95 things happen so we did it i'm not really that worried about it yet and i what there'll be plenty of draft buzz nothing to talk about today sunday afternoon pretty easy going watching basketball boom gronk retires and we got something we have that wednesday night text mellow and i'll be like i don't know what we're talking about tomorrow night and then it'll be just like boom 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 okay here we go we have too much to talk about now this will be a lot of fun it's gonna be a great week guys we are one month away from the nfl draft as we're sitting here so it's time to buckle up a little bit. NFL Draft 400 starts rolling out thanks to the ghost uh, in, in a week. Oh, Jesus. In a week. The ghost. <laughs> and, and uh, man, it's, it's going to be fun. I'm excited about this draft season. And just a reminder to the listeners, keep it here because we are going to give you info three times a week. If you got a smart speaker, we're going to give you info uh, like 19 times a week because you can also listen to yeah. me every morning, breaking down the news. Thanks to old Connor J. Rogers producing that. So for Mello and Connor, we appreciate the hell out of you guys. Duke, please keep winning. I need to have some bragging rights in this bracket. And we'll talk to you guys Wednesday morning. 